0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Loft. Saints, it is time for us to become pregnant and weighed down with a burden to help other people. The Bible says it was the burden of the Lord. It was a prophecy which the prophet Habakkuk did see. See, this is a holy burden. This is not a burden where you say you're weighed down and you don't know what to do. No, this is a holy burden. When you have a Holy Ghost burden, when the Lord called me into the ministry, it was a holy burden. It wasn't like I was weighed down by anything. The significance of what God wanted me to do was a burden, but it was his burden, not my burden. My burden was only to say, I will do it. All God wants you to do is say yes to his will. Now, let me take you back to the book of Genesis. God worked for six days. Hello, somebody. And he rested what? On the seventh day. Man came on the sixth day. When man got here, the work was done. When man came, all he had to do was enter into God's rest. You don't have to worry about working because God did the work on six days. When man came, he rested on the seventh day with God. Stop trying to work yourself to death. All you need to do is enter into God's rest and let him do it. That's why people burn out. You burn out because you don't have the grace to do what you're doing. If you just enter into God's rest and say, God, I'm resting in you, God, because I know you're going to bring this thing to pass. Anybody here with me? That's why when the Bible talks about waiting, it's very significant. See, this holy burden should compel us to support people who are disenfranchised. This burden should compel us to support people who have been discouraged and those that are disabled and diseased and downtrodden and defeated and demoralized. This is what we should be doing. This holy burden should compel us to go outside of ourselves to help other people. See, the definition of selfishness is all you worry about is self. I need this and I I need that. I I need a man and I need a woman. I, I need my husband to do this. I need my wife to do this. What you need is a change. You're selfish. And you need to repent of your selfishness so God can put his heart, his compassion, his love, his power, his authority inside of you. That's too many people want to operate in God's authority, but you're still too selfish. How can you be a servant of God and you're a servant of self? Your wow. oh, glory. I, I, I really didn't come to preach. I, I, I just want to lay this out. Amen. And so, so listen, listen, there, 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 there are some scriptures here that I want uh, us to see. See, this burden should give us the impetus, guys. To serve God with everything in us. Now I know, I know this is a new year. And starting a new year, typically most people are making new resolutions, new decrees, new promises, new goals. The gym is packed until March. (laughs) You won't be able to find a treadmill. (laughs) Just hold on, wait till March. They'll start falling out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They they in there hard, too. (laughs) You wait till March, you won't even see them. And you just keep on going your two little days. And you keep your two little days. Amen, somebody. I ain't going to be in the gym five days a week. I ain't got that kind of time. Amen. But when I'm in there, I do what I got to do and I get out of there. Amen. Somebody ain't got time to be talking to nobody. Don't ask me any questions. I put my headset on. I don't want to talk to nobody. Hey, how you doing? No, I don't want to (laughs) talk. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I got something to do. I can't stay in here all day long. I got, come on, somebody. I got stuff to do. Somebody say, I got stuff to do. (laughs) See, some of y'all that are single, you spend too much time talking. That's how you get in trouble. Let me see if I can explain something here. I don't believe God truly cares about any Bible little resolutions and goals. I don't even believe God blesses goals. I don't believe he blesses re- resolutions. Th- th- something that I believe the Lord is showing me, guys, this is why this is a foundational principle. Before you can build anything, you must first have what? A blueprint. You got to have a blueprint. You can't build anything without a blueprint. Amen, somebody. You're living in a house, but that house had a blueprint. This building had a blueprint. They couldn't build just say, hey, I think uh, the wall, I think that might be right. (laughs) No, you had to have a blueprint, and you build from that blueprint. Well, before the blueprint can be drawn up, somebody had to have a vision. The vision had to have a plan. Right. Mm-hmm. The plan develops the blueprint. Right. Yeah. Are you here with me? Somebody looked at an empty field and had a vision to be the world's leading producers and providers of entertainment. And out of that vision, Disney World right. planned and was built. That's right. yep. That's right. Somebody Looked into a little country town and said, we want to save people money so they can live better. And out of that vision, Walmart was planned and built. Somebody had a vision to inspire and nurture the human spirit. One person, one cup, one neighborhood at a time. And out of that vision, Starbucks planned and was built. I'm giving you their vision statements, by the way. Somebody had a vision to be the quality leaders in everything that they did, and out of that vision, Wendy's was planned and built. Somebody had a vision to offer their customers the lowest possible prices, the best available selections, and the utmost convenience, and out of that vision, Amazon was planned and built. Notice, none of this stuff happened until they had a vision. They had a plan before anything can be built. You can have all the goals that you want. You can have all the resolutions that you want. Without a vision, you would never plan anything and nothing would ever get built. Where did this secular world get this principle from? Just having goals and resolutions does not produce wealth. You have to have a vision and a plan. Proverbs 18, Proverbs 29, 18. Write it down. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, the great inventor, George Washington Carver, he said it like this. He says, where there is no vision, there is no hope. Where there is no vision, there is no hope. Now, check this out. Vision gives eyes to your hope. Vision gives eyes to your hope. Hope gives impetus to your faith. Faith guides our confessions, and love helps us maintain it all. You want me to say that one more time? I, I should have put that on the board, right? Uh, now you're going to have to write it. Vision gives eyes to your hope. Hope gives impetus to your faith. I love note-taking. Churches, that means you're going to go back and read this again. Vision gives eyes to your hope. Hope gives impetus to your faith, because faith is the substance of things what? Come on, y'all. You know the scriptures. Hope gives impetus to your faith. Faith guides our confessions, because we confess with our mouth. Amen. Faith guides our confessions, and love helps us maintain it all. So, in other words, hope sees it, faith makes it, confession brings it, and love keeps it. Come on, somebody. Hope, you got to have hope. Hope sees it, confession makes it. Come on, come on, come on. Y'all with me here? No, no, faith makes it, confession brings it, because you speak it and it comes, right? Confession brings it, but love keeps it all. But you got to have hope. Hope Helps your vision, y'all. Come on, saints of God. You have to have goals and and you, you gotta have a resolu- I'm sorry, you have to have a vision that puts your plans together so that God can bring it to pass for you. Let me tell you why I believe God does not bless goals and resolutions and decrees. I believe there's only one thing that God blesses. Here it is, right here in Jeremiah 29, 11. He said, For I know the plans. Yeah. He didn't say I know the goals. He didn't say, I know your decrees. He didn't say, I know your, your little what you want. He said, no, I know the plans that I think towards you, says the Lord. Plans of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That hope is an expected end. Come on, somebody. Amen. Prior to these words being spoken, the man of God, Jeremiah, he, he began to come to a group of people. He had to rebuke the people because they were actually building on a faulty foundation. They were building on a faulty foundation because they had, listen to my words, pretend prophets. They had pretend prophets. And these prophets were prophesying. And when you got prophesying prophets, then you build a, the wrong foundation. Come on, somebody. And, and if you think I'm lying to you, let me just give you the verse. Verse 9, 29, 29, 9 says, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. So here are these guys saying that the Lord sent them, but the God did not send them, so they are prophylying. Because if you're not under the authority of God, then who are you speaking for? There's only two. You're either speaking for the father of lies or are you speaking of the father of truth. There is no gray area here. You're either with God or you're with the devil. I know this ain't the right kind of teaching for a lot of folks because people are too busy trying to put some gray in everything. But with God, there is no gray. Jesus says you are either for me or you are against me. The man of God came to the children of Israel. He said, how long will you halt between two opinions? He said, if God be God, then follow him. If Baal be God, then follow Baal. And the people answered him not a word. But the failure to make a decision is a decision. You just decided to be lazy. Again, I'm not trying to preach. I'm sorry. All right. I did give you this one. We have to be careful not to have itchy ears that only want to hear silver-tongued pastors preaching lukewarm and half-hearted messages. The church was never meant to be a safe space for sinners, nor an anointing addiction fix for saints. That was not our call, to be a safe space for sinners. This is the place for sinners to be saved. You come in here and you're safe. You run into church and you, no, you ain't safe in here. This is a dangerous place for the sinner. Why? Because you're going to have to change. No, you don't come as you are and stay as you are. You come as you are so God can change you into who he called you to be. No, the church, the church, I, I don't want to go to church because they're too judgmental. No, we're not judgmental. We just won't let you keep sinning and not say anything about it. No, I don't, I don't judge anybody. There's only one judge and he's sitting on the throne. And the judge is sitting on the throne, but guess where I'm seated? In him. <laughs> So it's my job to point out issues in the church, especially if you call yourself a Christian. And if a pastor can't point out issues in the church, then the church ceased to exist to be the church of the living God. No, no, I'm not going to put up with no mess. No, we're going to love you hard. We're going to love you hard. We're going to love you until you change. Amen. Somebody, He had to love me like that. Right? I I couldn't come in any kind of way. I couldn't come in the church and stay as I was, all selfish and tore down and depressed, a womanizer, drinking like I was drinking. God said, no, you're going to come in here, but you're going to change, boy. No, God is no respecter of person. Right? Right? If we had to change, so is everybody else. The Holy Ghost is about change. Mm -hmm. When he comes in, if you refuse to change, he goes dormant. He ain't going to make you do anything. You have to submit to him. God is not going to make you do anything. You have to submit to the authority of God, and you have to train your flesh. That's why you fast, because the Bible didn't say if you fast. The Bible said when you fast. The Bible didn't say if you give. The Bible said when you give. The Bible did not say if you pray. The Bible says when you pray. We're supposed to pray, we're supposed to give, and we're supposed to fast. Fasting trains your flesh to see when you tell your flesh, no, I'm not giving you that sugar. And that brother going to rebel too on you. You're going to have headaches. You're going to be shaking. (laughs) Why? Because your flesh has been in control and your flesh has made you a prisoner in your own body. And you mean to tell me you come up in the church talking about you got the Holy Ghost? Don't me talk about you can defeat the devil when you can't push them pork chops back. <laughs> I hope I'm talking to the right church this morning. <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all don't look too happy about the face right now. But that's all right. I'm going to keep on teaching. I don't care. I don't care nothing about your looks. Bible told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, don't look at their faces. I, ain't, I don't care about your faces. No, you know this is right. It's tight, but it's right. Amen. <laughs> We are commended to save sinners and equip the saints, and sometimes that means saying things that may be deemed offensive. Sometimes, as pastors, as leaders, as as, as uh, apostles, and all the other titles that you want to give, when we're up here preaching the word of God, somebody's going to get offended. Amen. I, I used to that used to bother me when I offended people. It did, it really did, because I I had that pastoral role, and I wanted everybody to like me. But the closer and closer I get to God, the more and more John Lofton disappears. See, John Lofton wanted to be patted on the back and say, oh, you are such a blessing. But when the more and more John Lofton disappears, the more and more Christ appears, and he don't need you to pat him on the back. He's going to teach you the Word of God. It doesn't matter if you don't like the truth or not. He knows that the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. He said, "I, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He says, when the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So when I preach, I preach out of my spirit because that's my life. Why? Because it's the life of Christ that is in me. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, you got to learn how to live your life in Christ because we're seated in heavenly places. That's why the devil got to be under your feet. No longer, stop talking about what the devil is doing. He has no control, no authority. He don't even have the keys to his own house. If you read the book of Revelation, Jesus said, I got the keys. That brother can't even open the door to his own house. And here we are talking about what the devil is doing. Rebuke the devil. The Bible says, submit unto God, resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. You got that kind of authority, saints of God. These are foundational principles. I don't mean to scream. My God, my God. Can you feel that fire right now? Something on the inside of you should be stirring right now. There should be a river. The Bible said there is a river that makes the city of God glad. You need to start stirring up that river that's deep down inside of you. Apostle Paul said stir up the river that's in you right now. Somebody said stir it up, God. There should be a revival going on inside of you right now. There should be a stirring, and it ain't gas. It should be the Holy Ghost stirring up something inside of you where you have to step out in faith. Man, we got to build. We're going to have to rise up. We can't build unless we get up. We got to stop acting like we're defeated and come in the church with your head all down. Wait, you serve the true and living God. I, I, am, I am not going to sit back and pastor a church of defeated folks. You're not defeated. You live in victory. Hello, somebody. You got the victory in Jesus. Stop singing the songs if you don't have it. Singing a song ain't going to make you have it. You got to go from something that's ethereal and theory to reality. The reality is you're seated in heavenly places with Christ. The reality is you're not an orphan, you're a son. Now that's reality. And if you don't understand that reality, there ain't no reason in building. Because you're going to be building on sand. We are living in that kind of generation, saints of God, where we, people, but let, me, let me just give you this scripture right here. This scripture right here just... Bless me right here. This, and I hope it blesses you. So it says Isaiah 39 and 10. It says this: This is a rebellious people, lying children who will not hear the law, which is the word of the Lord, who say to seers, who say to seers, that seers are, are the prophets, right? The, the, this is a congregation who was telling the prophets what to say. Who say to the seers, stop seeing? They were telling the prophets, You need to stop seeing what God is showing you. Stop seeing visions. And to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things, but speak to us smooth things. Tell us lies. See, that's what happens when you're sitting on a crumb preaching pastor they're just giving you crumbs they're not breaking open the whole loaf of God they're not telling you about doctrinal things that you need to be living they don't even address sin they don't don't worry about, about the blood of Jesus Christ because they're not gonna talk about it. the cross of Calvary they have no, no idea about the propitiatory work of Jesus Christ and he was our substitute because we're the ones that's supposed to be on the cross mm-hmm. you're not gonna hear anything about Hebrews chapter 6 that tells you the fundamental principles of how to live your life as a Christian so when you see people like that people in the church telling the pastor no pastor you can't preach on stuff like that you need to see what we see. And if you don't, then we're going to get another. Man, y'all better know I'm talking the truth right now. That's what happens when you got a deacon board running stuff. You see, see, the deacon board would tell the pastor what he can preach and what he can't preach. No, no, no. We, we live in This is a theocracy in this house. You can't tell me what to preach. No, God tells me what to preach. You might not like what I have to preach, but I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm submitted under his authority. Come on, somebody. See, see, this is what's going on. This is the generation we're living in right now. No, pastor, I just want to hear smooth words. Y'all see that? I just want you to be smooth. I just want a nice little smooth motivational speech. You know, I don't want you to talk any about my sin Because, you know, I'm struggling in my sin. I don't want you to hit that at all. I want you to tell me how good I am. I want you to tell me all about God's love. I know that his love is just unconditional. Just tell me about his love. No, 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 I don't want to hear about Jesus being a rock of offense. I don't want to hear that part. No, no, I don't want to know about the one that that the masters rejected became the chief cornerstone. I don't want to know about that part. I don't want to know about the part Jesus saying many would be offended because of me. I don't, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I want that part where it says God is love. <laughs> God is love. You know what happens? It's those itchy ears that want to hear smooth words, but smooth words don't get you healed. Smooth <laughs> words don't get you saved. Smooth words don't get you delivered. You got to have a hot word from the altar of God because there has to be some conviction before you change. And with no conviction, there is no change. Talk to me, somebody. You know you wouldn't have changed if you hadn't had a strong, solid word coming to you. Come on. When I came to the church, I came a hardcore Marine. I thought I knew something. But when that hot word hit my cold heart, I couldn't do nothing but surrender to the Father and say, God, I've been crazy. Thank you for believing in me when I didn't even believe in myself. Amen. You got to have a convicting word. You you ain't nobody going to get saved when icicles hanging in the chandelier and you got Mr. Freeze in the pulpit. You got to have a hot word from God. Come on, somebody. You didn't get up this morning to come in here to get some lukewarm, down, water down word. Come on, somebody. You could have had Bedside Baptist for that. I know people listening to this ain't going to like it. It's the word of God. And you're going to get more fire-breathing pastors just going to spew out what God has for us to speak because we're not afraid of any of you. Not nary one of you. You know why? Because I love you too much to lie to you. And I'm going to tell you the truth because according to my word, that's the only thing that's going to set us free. And there is absolute truth. There, there is you, 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 so somebody is your daddy. Somebody, somebody is your daddy. That's right. You you are either the father of truth. Yes. You, 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 your, your father is either the truth or your father is the liar. That's right. Now, who is your baby's daddy? Because your baby is in here, right? So the one you're listening to, that's the one that impregnates you. So who is your baby's daddy? See, Mary knew who her baby daddy was. Do you know who yours is? Some of y'all trying to bring into fruition something that's not even God. So we know your baby daddy is a liar. Yeah, who you been laying down with? You want to give Jesus some sugar on Sunday, but then you're laying with somebody else on Monday. I know you all like this kind of stuff. Yeah, you lay down with depression and fear and anxiety all week, and then you come to the church and want to give Jesus some sugar. But, but my Bible says that, that many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, I did so many wonderful things in your name. And he said, I depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. You can't be laying down with the enemy all week long, and then you're going to come to church on Sunday for two hours and then put on your little Christian self with your little backslidden self. You need to start repenting right here, right now and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. I know I'm crazy. I repent of it right now, God. God. God, I need you. I need you. I, I, help me, God. That, that's my prayer, saints of God. I can't have some little sweet prayer say, oh God, you're just the God of the universe and uh, you're just so loving and you, oh God, you're such a gracious God uh, and, and you've made so many wonderful things. Uh. Uh, no, no, no. I have to go to God just, just crazy. God, you know I'm crazy. God, God, you know my mind is all messed up. God, you know my vision is all messed up. God, you know I'm having a hard time trying to focus, God. You know my heart needs needs to be on you and not on other things, God. Help me, God. I need you right now, God. That's the kind of prayer God responds to. Why? Because that's the sincere prayer. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due season. It may not be your season tomorrow. It may not be your season next month. But he will raise you up when the right time comes. Help me, God, I got to have more, I got to have more, I got to have more. You can't be praying, talking about God, no limits, and then you limit yourself. Coming up in here like God is some old broke, busted down God. Oh, no, 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 no. You better know who your daddy is. Your daddy never been broke. Your daddy never said anything that didn't come to pass. Your daddy never gave a prophecy that didn't come to fruition. The Bible said no word from God is void of power, but it will accomplish exactly what he sent it to do. No word. That's your daddy. Somebody said, that's my daddy. That's why I call him Papa because he's Papa to me. That's why when they came and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And he said, you go to him and say, our father. Our father, not my father. Our father, our, our father. Our extends this way. Father extends this way. And that way you got the cross. Our Father. Yeah. Because you got to go to the foot of the cross before you get to the Father. I didn't write it. Jesus said there's one way to get to the Father. And that's by me. That's what Jesus said. And I believe it. Muhammad can't get you there, guys. sun and Moon can't get you there. They can't get you there because they died and they're still in the grave. Jesus died, and he said, nobody can take my life. He said, if I take my life, I'll lay it down. And if I lay it down, I'll take it up again. Because you're not strong enough to take my life. I give my life. The only thing that held him on the cross was love. Nails can't keep him down. Come on, somebody. Can't nobody keep you down but you. Am I in the right place right now? Come on, Pam. I just want to say this to you guys. Man, I am on fire right now. And it's the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, we, we have to, saints of God, we, we got to stop looking for the signs and wonders. We have to be a fire. We, we got to stop playing church games. We, we, we got to really, really, Lean on that unchanging hand of God. we got to submit to His authority. Listen, listen. There, there, there is, there, there are people who think they know all the answers. <laughs> and that's why they can't come to God because they know it all. That's right. That's right. But let me tell you something. The closer and closer you get to Him, the more and more you learn, you don't know anything. Because He is omniscient i'm not all science. where we get the word science he knows everything he knows the end from the beginning he's the first and the last he's the beginning and the end he's the righteous branch he's the bright and morning star he's the day star to arise he's the rose of sharon he's the lily of the valley he's the door he's the shepherd and bishop of our souls he's the righteous branch He's the the root of the stem of Jesse. Hello. Come on, somebody. He is the way, the truth. He came to somebody. He said, listen here. He said, I'm not only the good shepherd, I'm also the door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's Jesus. He said, I'll be your all in all. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He said, I am whatever you need me to be. You need me in the courtroom, that's where I am. You need me in your bedroom, that's where I am. You need me in the hospital room, that's where I am. You have a loved one to leave, that's where I am. Come on, somebody. When the doctors gave up on you, that's where I am. When you gave up on yourself, that's where I am. He said, tell them, Moses, tell them, I am that I am sent you. Whatever they need, that's what I am. When I go to the Father, whatever I need, that's what he is. I am that I am. Come on, somebody. You got to go to the father like he already has your answers. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's Change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org, Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.